My name is Dr. Joshua Knapp. I'm a board-certified clinical psychologist and 21st century Christ follower. Early in life, I experienced overwhelming psychological suffering, which led me down a path of wandering away from the Christian faith in my adolescent years, reminiscent of the lost son in Luke's gospel, returning to my Christian heritage in my early 20s, my own psychotherapy in my mid-20s, and ultimately a life committed to understanding and pursuing psychological and spiritual health as I now head into the middle years of my life. Please join me as we devote each week to better understanding secular and Christian perspectives on mental health and the intersection between psychology and Christianity. Then engage in a 10-minute practice to conclude each episode, drawing upon Christian meditation, prayer, and contemplation. Above all else, my aim in this podcast is to journey with fellow Christ followers, as well as those who are curious about the rich heritage of Christian psychological and spiritual insights into the human condition, doing so with humility and curiosity as we strive to cultivate Christ-likeness in all we do. Hi, my name is Dr. Joshua Nab, and welcome to the 18th episode of The Christian Psychologist. In this episode, I'd like to talk about a topic that I think is often neglected within life in general, along with the Christian life in particular. The topic is the present moment. Unfortunately, within daily life, we often neglect the present moment, ruminating about the past or worrying about the future, and just generally being preoccupied with the distractions of the inner and outer world, without ever fully showing up to attend to what is before us. In fact, I believe that with the invention of the smartphone uh, over a decade ago, we're training ourselves moment by moment to always want to be somewhere else or engaging some sort of other virtual activity that pulls us out of the real world in the here and now. Because of this, we have a really difficult time, psychologically and spiritually speaking, anchoring ourselves to what is unfolding in front of us, struggling to fully show up and engage with our relationships, our activities, and goals that are right before our eyes. This challenge, of course, has far-reaching implications for daily living, given we are distracted, preoccupied with the inner world, and unable to devote our full attention to, from a Christian perspective, loving God and others. For contemporary Christians, this can involve struggling to practice God's presence in the here and now, recognizing that He is with us, loving us, and revealing His perfect will in each passing second of the day. Because of this widespread, inevitable struggle, we can miss the opportunity to love God and others in each passing moment, getting lost in the mind or busily scurrying about, prioritizing goals that will not lead to authentic Christian living. With this struggle in mind, I'd like to talk about the importance of the present moment in today's episode, revealed in both secular clinical psychology and the Christian faith tradition. I'd like to explore the psychological implications, spiritual implications for 21st century Christ followers as we look at both secular clinical psychology and Christianity.
So to get us started today, I think a few questions are important to consider. What is awareness of the present moment, both psychologically and spiritually? And how is it contrasted with a preoccupation, preoccupation with the past or future? What role does maintaining an awareness of the present moment play in psychological and spiritual health across work life, family life, community life, religious life, and so forth? What are the consequences, psychologically and spiritually speaking, when we struggle to stay connected to the present moment? What types of mental disorders in the DSM-5-TR, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders that mental health professionals use to diagnose mental illness? So what types of mental disorders in the DSM-5-TR involve struggling to maintain awareness of the present moment? What are some helpful ways mentioned in the secular clinical psychology literature for staying attentive to the present moment? few more questions here. For Christians, what does the Christian tradition say about the present moment? And what are the psychological and spiritual implications of practicing God's presence in the here and now, in the present moment, in contrast with being constantly distracted by memories of the past or predictions about the future? And then lastly, how can Christians practice God's presence in each unfolding moment in order to improve psychological and spiritual functioning to better love God and others within the short time we have on this planet. So before moving on to the secular psychology literature, I'd like to offer a few opening quotes. So in the secular psychology literature, there are a wide variety of psychologists who emphasize the importance of the present moment. The American psychologist Abraham Maslow said, quote, the ability to be in the present moment is a major component of mental wellness. Even the major world religions throughout history have emphasized the present moment. Within Buddhism, the, the Buddha is quoted as saying, quote, do not dwell in the past, do not dream of the future, concentrate the mind on the present moment. Another Buddhist author says, quote, anxiety, the illness of our time, comes primarily from our inability to dwell in the present moment. Another Buddhist author, uh, Tara Bach, wrote, quote, the only way to live is by accepting each minute as an unrepeatable miracle. To offer yet another author's ideas on the present moment, the popular Buddhist author John Kabat-Zinn offered, quote, mindfulness practice means that we commit fully in each moment in being present. There is no, quote-unquote, performance. There is just this moment. We are not trying to improve or to get anywhere else. We are not even running after special insights or visions, nor are we forcing ourselves to be non-judgmental, calm, or relaxed. And we are certainly not promoting self-consciousness or indulging in self-preoccupation. Rather, we are simply inviting ourselves to interface with this moment in full awareness with the intention to embody as best we can an orientation of calmness, 
mindfulness, and equanimity right here and right now. End quote. Within the Bible, we read in the Psalms, quote, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. End quote. We also read from Jesus in Matthew, quote, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Further along in Matthew, Matthew, Jesus instructed, quote, Therefore keep watch, because you do not know on what day our Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Within the Christian tradition more broadly, the late Mother Teresa provided the following insight, quote, Be happy in the moment. That's enough. Each moment is all we need, not more. The great 20th century Christian author C.S. Lewis powerfully declared, The present is the point at which time touches eternity. Several centuries ago, the Christian Jesuit author uh, Jean-Pierre de, de Cossade taught, quote, The present moment holds infinite riches beyond your wildest dreams, but you will only enjoy them to the extent of your faith and love. The more a soul loves, the more it longs. The more it hopes, the more it finds. The more a soul loves, the more it longs, the more it hopes, the more it finds. To repeat that line. He goes on to say, The will of God is manifest in each moment. An immense ocean which only the heart fathoms insofar as it overflows with faith, trust, and love. So in each of these instances, whether secular or religious, non-Christian or Christian, we read about the wisdom that comes from staying anchored to the present moment. Given the present moment, from a human perspective is all we have. And each unfolding moment can offer us peace in ways that dwelling on the past or future simply cannot. For Christians, the present moment is where the God of love is active and present. Therefore, learning to love, trust, and put our faith in the God of love in each unfolding moment is key for both psychological and spiritual health on this side of heaven. So before transitioning to the secular psychology literature, along with a, a Christian view of the present moment, I want to offer a quick personal story. So because of my parents' divorce when I was in my adolescent years, which was a shock to me in the seventh grade and seemingly came out of nowhere, especially since my parents professed to be and raised my brother and I to be committed Christians. So because of this, I train myself to reminisce about the past in a good way and anticipate the future in a not-so-good way. So over a period of time, especially in my adolescent years where it began, I would constantly think about a past I wish I could get back, along with a future that involved not knowing how I was going, I was going to make it through 
another day. So in other words, the present moment seemed to be the last place I wanted to be, especially since I felt so depressed and anxious and ultimately alone. I can remember coming home in the seventh grade to an empty house. My mom was off at work, needing to get a job because my dad had left. She needed to support the family, and my dad had moved about an hour away. And so I could just remember not wanting to be in the present moment because it was so painful. Fast forward to the present day, and I still struggle to be in the present moment, which robs me of the ability to savor, cherish, and be grateful for God's current blessings. So I need to actively practice myself in awareness of the present moment, including an awareness of God in the present moment. Interestingly, I had a classmate in graduate school who helped me to better understand this reality probably about a decade and a half ago. She had just gotten married and she said she needed to learn to quote-unquote think in twos, meaning she had to learn to consider her husband and, and his needs whenever she engaged in an activity in the present moment. So if she was getting up from the couch, getting up from watching TV and going to the kitchen to grab a snack, she'd think to herself, I wonder if my husband wants a snack. Maybe I could bring him a, something to drink as well. So learning to think in twos, not just about oneself in the present moment. From my perspective, like this understanding, as Christians, we need to actually think in threes in the here and now, every second of the day, given there are really three things to consider, ourselves, God, and the activity or relationship in front of us that we're interacting with. So although it's still a battle, given my default mode of mind is to ruminate ruminate about the past or worry about the future, which of course robs me of practicing God's presence in the current moment as I carry out an activity, I still need to learn how to practice in threes. I need to, to learn how to recognize that it's God, me, and this activity or relationship in the here and now, in the present moment. So in this episode, I'd like us to explore the present moment right here, right now where God is interacting with us to better understand the psychological and spiritual benefits of being here, showing up, being fully present, being fully engaged with what's before us, not preoccupied with the past, not worried about the future, and not distracted by the noisy inner world of the mind, which is inevitable in a fallen, broken world. So as we move on to the secular clinical psychology literature, I think that in my reading of this literature, increasingly an awareness of the present moment is key when trying to better understand mental health and the antidote, what can be helpful in addressing ongoing mental suffering. Within acceptance and commitment therapy, for example, pronounced ACT, not ACT, which is a contemporary, highly popular form of cognitive behavioral therapy, present moment awareness involves being rooted in each unfolding moment of the day, not distracted or lost in the mind, not preoccupied with the past or future. So worded a bit differently, with this important process, we are learning to flexibly, fluidly, 
attend to whatever is in front of us, not getting sidetracked by the inner world, such as thoughts or feelings, sensations or memories. So to be more present in each moment, we need the flexibility to be able to shift our attention to what is most important, anchoring our awareness to the here and now when it has unintentionally and inevitably wandered. And often we may be distracted by the past, including stories about prior events or memories that get in the way of living the life before us. Or, as another struggle, we may be preoccupied with the future in the form of worry, worrying about some sort of disaster that we just know is going to come true and is just lurking right around the corner. In another popular form of cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, in addition to ACT, we have mindfulness-based cognitive therapy, or MBCT. In this form of therapy, being in the present moment is key to prevent what is called being lost on, quote-unquote, automatic pilot. Lost in the mind, not fully engaged with what's before us, but lost in the mind. Reminiscent of driving home, commuting home after a long day at work, pulling into our driveway or our carport, and recognizing that we don't really remember driving home because we've been lost in the mind, not engaged with the activity of driving before us. And we can easily get lost on automatic pilot when we are ruminating about the past or worrying about the future. And worrying about the past and ruminating about the, I'm sorry, ruminating about the past and worrying about the future is often common with depression and anxiety. So instead of being lost on automatic pilot, lost in the mind, we can use mindfulness meditation hence the title Mindfulness-Based Cognitive Therapy, by more fully engaging with our five senses to connect to direct sensory experiences in the here and now, not letting the human mind distract us, judge us, judge our experience as not quite right in some way. So, Oftentimes, our mental health struggles can come from being preoccupied with the past or future. And the antidote to psychological suffering is to be more fully anchored to the present moment. So just a few quick examples with anxiety disorders. We are worrying to predict the future, worrying to predict an unknown future, given we struggle with accepting the ambiguities and uncertainties of life. With trauma related disorders, we may have intrusive memories about the past traumatic event, then ruminate about the event with endless why and what if questions. Why did this happen? What if it happens again? That these questions only lead to additional memories and images and emotional distress related to the past traumatic event. Also with trauma, we may worry about the future given we have convinced ourselves that the trauma will happen all over again. So we might go to the past or the future and struggle to be fully alive, fully present, fully alert in each moment. With depressive disorders, we may be preoccupied with a guilt-ridden past or anticipating a hopeless future. We may struggle to find joy and happiness and fulfillment and contentment in the here and now, given we are going to the past or anticipating the future. 
So as we think about the antidote to many forms of psychological suffering, many DSM-5-TR diagnoses, present moment awareness can actually be cultivated. We can develop it. We can do a better job with it, especially when paired with non-judgment and attention. These qualities come from mindfulness, or we might call them mental skills, to be anchored to the present moment, to practice non-judgment and acceptance, and to cultivate sustained attention. Interestingly, over a, uh, over a decade ago, a large group of leading researchers got together to develop a more formal definition of mindfulness from a Western perspective, while also drawing from Buddhist psychology, Buddhist teachings, Buddhist insights. And one of the ingredients of mindfulness, which is so popular right now in psychology as well as beyond psychology, just in society in general. So one of the ingredients of mindfulness is present moment awareness. According to the the authors, led by uh, Bishop and then colleagues, quote, we propose a two-component model of mindfulness. The first component involves the self-regulation of attention, so that it is maintained on immediate experience, thereby allowing for increased recognition of mental events in the present moment. The second component involves adopting a particular orientation toward one's experience in the present moment, an orientation that is characterized by curiosity, openness, and acceptance. So again, a key feature of being mindful in each unfolding moment is the present moment. Really what we're talking about is non-judgmental awareness in the present moment. In my own research among Christian adults with colleagues, I found that present focus, this ability to be present in each moment, along with the other mindful qualities of attention, awareness, and acceptance, that these are negatively correlated with depression, anxiety, and stress. So this suggests that the cultivation of present moment awareness may be key for both Christians and non-Christians alike who are struggling with psychological suffering. Yet, because mindfulness largely comes from the Buddhist tradition, with some exceptions, some even Christian authors might use the word mindfulness, but use it in a way that's anchored to the Christian tradition, but most of the time mindfulness means Buddhist mindfulness. So because of this, Christians may be asking if we have our own version to draw from, anchored to both scripture and classic Christian spiritual writings over the last two millennia. And this will be our focus for the next part of this podcast. So as a contemporary follower of Christ, he is inviting you, he is inviting me to follow him right now, right here. There's an urgency to following Christ. Rather than reminiscing about how we used to follow him or will do so at a later point in time. So Jesus is saying, come follow me, not tomorrow, not the next day, not reminisce or or have favorable memories of following him in the past. Although these can absolutely be an important part of the Christian life, there's an urgency to following Jesus right here, right now. Yet because of our human struggle to stay anchored to the present moment, we may easily do what some psychologists call mentally time travel. 
ruminating about an unalterable, permanent past, or worrying about a yet-to-be-determined future. In fact, a common experience in the 21st century is to allow psychological symptoms such as depression, anxiety, trauma-related symptoms, rumination, worry, and so forth, prevent us from practicing God's presence and carrying out His will right here, right now. Yet, like one secular psychologist has said in recent years, like a fish on dry land, anxiety in the present moment can't survive. So learning to practice God's presence in the present moment may actually help us with our inevitable psychological suffering, since so much of it is based on getting stuck in the past or the future. As a reminder, depressive symptoms such as ruminating on a guilt-ridden past or looking out into a hopeless future, anxiety symptoms such as worrying about a future catastrophe that may never come, and trauma symptoms such as ruminating about the past trauma or worrying that it will happen all over again in an unsafe, unpredictable world, that these all involve being preoccupied with the past or future. So as a Christian, we have a rich heritage filled with astute, wise psychological and spiritual insights into the salience, the importance of the here and now, where God is loving us and offering us a deeper, more lasting contentment and peace, peace, even joy, that can help us to bask in each unfolding moment with God at the center of our experience. As we turn to the Bible, Jesus has something really important to say about the present moment versus worry about worrying about the future. He says, quote, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. In that, If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So Jesus is saying, focus on God in the present moment, focus on God's providence, trusting that God will provide. Jesus points to God's creation, says God takes care of his creation, and how much more will he take care of us, created in his image, his prized possession. So instead of worrying about tomorrow, can we anchor ourselves today in trusting that God will provide? In terms of classic Christian spiritual writings, 
I believe Brother Lawrence offers contemporary Christ followers some great instructions on how to practice God's presence in the here and now, or, as I mentioned before, to learn how to think in threes. So writing in the 1600s, Brother Lawrence was a Carmelite Christian monk, supposedly a dishwasher and sandal maker who engaged in humble tasks, and who developed a reputation for giving solid psychological and spiritual instructions on practicing God's presence. A few quotes from Brother Lawrence. He says, quote, The holiest, most ordinary, and most necessary practice of the spiritual life is that of the presence of God. It is to take delight in and become accustomed to his divine company, speaking humbly and conversing lovingly with him all the time, at every moment, without rule or measure, especially in times of temptation, suffering, or weariness. He goes on to state, We must continually apply ourselves so that all our actions, without exception, become a kind of brief conversation with God, not in a contrived manner, but coming from the purity and simplicity of our hearts. Another quote from Brother Lawrence, quote, We must perform all our actions carefully and deliberately, not impulsively or hurriedly for such would characterize a distracted mind. We must work gently and lovingly with God, asking Him to accept our work. So what is the practice of the presence of God according to Brother Lawrence? He says, quote, The practice of the presence of God is an application of our mind to God or a remembrance of God present. And how do we practice God's presence? Brother Lawrence says, quote, It would be appropriate for beginners to formulate a few words interiorly, such as, quote, My God, I am completely yours. Or, quote, God of love, I love you with all of my heart. Or, quote, Lord, fashion, fashion me according to your heart. Or any other words love spontaneously produces. So in, simplicit, in simplicity, Anchoring ourselves to the present moment with a few basic words, we can practice God's presence. We can learn to think in threes. It's me and God and this activity, whether the most important activity of the day or the least, or this relationship. Whether it's somebody we see at the grocery store, a checker who's checking us out. It might be somebody we look over and see At a stop sign, it might be someone we interact with at work, it might be our family, it might be someone else. But we can practice God's presence in the present moment to bring really our life to life and to show up and to be fully present right here, right now, not struggling with a distracted, divided mind, not on automatic pilot, not worrying about the future or ruminating about the past. So in terms of Research on the topic. In some of my own research with community Christian adults, I've found that present moment awareness, a mindful quality and mental skill, we also see this in the Christian tradition, is positively linked to Christian contentment and other daily spiritual experiences, such as sensing God's presence, and negatively linked to depression, anxiety, and stress. So there's something psychologically and spiritually speaking important about the present moment. It can help us to increase spiritual awareness and decrease 
depression, anxiety, and stress, or at least there's a, a positive and negative link there. Also in my own research, I found that daily Christian meditation practiced over a four-week period of time can actually lead to an increase in the mindful quality of present focus, among others like attention, awareness, and acceptance. So to summarize here, for both Christians and non-Christians alike, present moment awareness can be helpful in the pursuit of mental health as well as spiritual health, given we're anchoring ourselves to the here and now, not ruminating about the past, worrying about the future, or lost on automatic pilot with a distracted, divided mind. For Christians, we have an additional and much more central reason to maintain an awareness of the present moment. God is revealing his will to us in this very instance. He is revealing both who he is as an infinitely loving, wise, powerful, and present, and providentially guiding God, who guides us each moment of the day. He's also revealing his will for our lives. So what is God's will for Christ's followers in the here and now? On a basic level, I think it's from a biblical perspective, to love God and others and really to become more like Jesus in all we do, in our thoughts, our feelings, our behaviors, our relationships, our view of self. As we move from being justified, that is, reconciled to God, made right before God because of our relationship with Christ, to sanctified or becoming holy and more like Christ, to, be, to being glorified or to be face-to-face with God in heaven. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So the present moment is where we can experience God's ever-flowing love. Then extend this love to others as we walk with Him and others along the roads of life, practicing in threes. So before concluding this episode, I'd like us to engage in a short practice to practice God's presence in the here and now, drawing upon the teachings of Brother Lawrence, a humble monk, a humble dishwasher, a humble sandal maker, from several centuries ago. Remember, he developed a reputation as someone who prioritized God's presence in all of life, whether engaging in exciting or mundane activities throughout the day. So in this practice, in this exercise, you'll be practicing the common activity of walking outside in God's creation, coupling this task with maintaining an awareness of God's presence. So if you can, try to go on a walk during a time when no one else is present so you can be alone with God, then follow along with the below or next two steps for the full amount of time. Your job is to spend time with God in what seems to be the most quote-unquote boring of activities, just walking at a slow, maybe even moderate pace, depending on your level of comfort. And this basic activity, combined with practicing God's presence and the steps that I'll mention to you that will follow, can help you to practice God's presence when you engage in other behaviors, other activities, other tasks throughout the day, whether they be conversations, work-related assignments, chores, even worshiping. We could be more present to God as we're worshiping, as we're 
you know, worshiping God on a Sunday morning, singing church hymns. So first, begin to walk. Recognizing really your God-given senses and how they're interacting with your environment. Your feet making contact with the ground as you walk listening to God's creation. Maybe it's birds chirping. Maybe it's cars driving by. Of course, make sure you're in a safe place as you're doing so. Use the gift of sight to notice what's around you, the smell of being outside. Maybe it's the trees around you or the grass around you, the flowers around you. And as you do so, begin to slowly, carefully, deliberately, gently, and lovingly walk within God's creation, doing so with intentionality and purpose. Again, you're slowly, carefully, deliberately, gently, and lovingly walking with God. And as you complete this activity, this simple, basic activity of walking slowly, moderate pace maybe, begin to interiorly say to yourself, My God, I am completely yours. Slowly, softly, and gently, simply, My God, I am completely yours. As you walk with God right here, right now. My God, I am completely yours. As you're walking within God's creation with the creator and sustainer of all, the God of love. My God, I am completely yours. In this moment, you're walking with God and enjoying his presence right here, right now. My God, I am completely yours. And whenever a distracting thought or feeling or sensation, maybe a memory or image in the inner world, or sound, or sight, or smell, or any other distracting experience in the outer world pulls you away from the activity and phrase, the activity of walking and the phrase ever so gently, just return to walking with God as you interiorly recite, My God, I am completely yours. My God, I am completely yours. As you walk and practice God's presence right here, right now, within God's creation. Again and again, an inner or outer distraction will inevitably pull you away. When that happens, we anchor ourselves again to practicing God's presence with the simple short phrase, My God, 
I am completely yours, sinking deeper and deeper into this reality that we are surrendering to God's presence in the here and now as we walk with our Creator within His wonderful creation. My God, I am completely yours. My God, I am completely yours. Walking and reciting. In simplicity, in love, in devotion to God in the here and now. Not distracted, not divided, but unified. It's me, it's God, it's walking. It's you, it's God, it's walking. My God, I am completely yours and continue to do so for the next few minutes, pairing the activity of walking with the simple reciting of, my God, I am completely yours, returning again and again, ever so gently with grace extended to ourselves when we get distracted by inner or outer obstacles Again, just bringing ourselves back. My God, I am completely yours as we walk with God and enjoy his fellowship, his company. And as this practice comes to a close, thank God for his personal loving presence in the present moment and ask him to continue to be with you throughout the day as you learn to think in threes with him by your side. It's me, it's God, it's you, it's God, and it's this activity or relationship, whatever else is before us, that it's God and I together engaging in this thing called life. So to conclude this episode, for Christians, God is revealing his loving presence in each unfolding moment, which means we can learn to walk with him, not be overly preoccupied with the past or worried about the future, especially given that he is infinitely loving and wise and powerful and present and he offers his providential care, his good governance, his protective care, his loving guidance right here and right now. From a mental health perspective, this makes sense given there's no other time than now from a human perspective. The past is a memory in the mind and the future is also anticipated and predicted in the mind. So to trust in God's providence is key. With God's providence meaning his good governance, his his loving guidance, his protective care. Only God knows. Only God is omniscient. We are not. And so we can trust in God's guidance right here, right now. He's forgiven us for our past and has a plan for our future with the grand narrative of the Bible revealing the hope we'll have in God's eventual restoration of a fallen, broken world, with Christ's followers getting to experience the overwhelming joy, eventually, of being face-to-face with God in heaven for eternity. Please continue to join me next week as we continue to talk about the intersection between psychology and Christianity and mental health and the Christian tradition within the Christian Psychologist podcast. Thanks for joining.